Witness history at Roland Garros, where old rivalries meet new talent on the clay battleground. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled access as the world's top players in tennis face off to see if the veterans maintain their dominance or if a fresh face rises to challenge them. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. The road to Roland Garros continues on the red clay in Spain as we welcome you to TC Live from Madrid, a 1,000-level event for the men and women. We are just 31 days away from the year's second major in Paris. Here's what's on the way. A shocker in La Caja Magica. Two-time champ Andy Murray lost his way against a qualifier. Plus, Coco Golf's road to Roland Garros back on track. We will have the very latest on a new addition to her coaching team. And this top American is back on tour after a three-month injury layoff. We look forward to Seb Corda's return to action and break down his backhand. Come on in. Studios in Santa Monica, California. Steve Weissman back alongside the big man, Riley Opelka, doing his rehab with us here at Tennis Channel. And the Hall of Famer, Andy Roddick, over there on the big screen course these tournaments now madrid rome two weeks long riley what are your thoughts on, on that extra space in these big time events personally i'm not a fan of it. it it makes the weeks go by so long as andy probably knows that when you lose early first round of a of a tournament it just the the whole trip feels like it goes by so slow you're in this holding pattern you're not at home you don't have you know an easy setup to get into a gym practice courts everything becomes difficult i'm not a fan of the two-week uh, extension of all these Masters 1000s, and I can speak on behalf of a majority of the top 100 guys. Uh, we, we weren't in favor of it. Yeah, I think you're breaking this down into two conversations. Uh, a TV deal, and how is it that beneficial to whoever's putting on the tournament? And, you know, maybe the guys not ranked in the top 20. I think the guys ranked in the top 10 are looking for some space between uh, events a little bit more, but I was just watching this match with, with Mackie McDonald, and, you know, he, he fights his butt off and now he has two weeks to think about it, essentially, before the next one uh, in, in Rome, which is a, a very tough spot to be in. Um, you could say, hey, go someplace and train. It's not uh, that easy. So, uh, listen, I hope that the positives are, are, are somewhere that, that I can't see that aren't obvious. And, uh, you know, the negatives, I, I think, are pretty apparent. All right. Well, it, it is only going in that direction as some other tournaments are going to go there as well. All these Masters 1000s going to be pushed to two weeks. Three former champs in the draw in Madrid, including Andy Murray, who won on both surfaces, in fact, took the title on clay in 2015. Not only did he win, he beat that guy on the left, Rafa Nadal, in the final in straight sets. Murray has never lost in the opening round in Madrid. Perfect 12-0. Would that continue against Italian qualifier Andrea Vavasori, Andy, looking for the biggest win of his career? Yeah, it's it's amazing to me the success that Murray's had on this service throughout his career because nothing he does is naturally better uh, once you get on the clay. When you see him going, you know, 12 feet behind the baseline and trying to return, that is not what he likes to do. He likes to, you know, step inside the court, pinch those back and returns, and he's so good at it. Uh, listen, when he did well in Madrid, when he beat Rafa, that was uh, a, a lot of years ago and one hip ago. So uh, tough sledding for Murray here. You see how when he tried the adjustment he made in the second set, which is coming forward a lot more, trying to press 
forward. Uh, necessary in this matchup, but not something that you naturally want to have to do to win matches. You don't see him miss uh, a bunny like that very often. He's obviously thinking about his game uh, and then follows it up with another miss here to kind of give the match away. Uncharacteristic for Andy Murray. Uh, you know, in his mind, he hopes that gets better before the grass season comes. Babasori said it is a dream come true. Murray, you can see, smashing that racket. Uh, very displeased. Big win for the Italian qualifier, however. For Andy Murray, as you mentioned, he's two-time champ in Madrid. He has a title in Rome as well. He's been to a final at Roland Garros, but best major record is at Wimbledon. So what are your thoughts, Riley, on how much he should be playing on clay and then, of course, versus getting just ready for Wimbledon in the grass court? At this stage of his career, you definitely would think he should be prepping for the grass. But at the same time, you got to see it through his lens. It's funny. No one sees Andy Murray as a clay court specialist. They actually criticize him on clay. And there's players that have achieved half the things he have on clay. And we consider them clay court specialists. So it's all relative. From his lens, he's a champion. He's a winner. He's one of the greatest players of all time. And, and he still thinks he can beat everyone. So it's a fair argument from his end. You know, there's no great uh, counter to that, I guess. Yeah, you won't find a bigger Andy Murray fan uh, than me. I think he has the maybe the best you know tennis IQ that that that's existed. Uh, but at this point in his career, you you hope that he is continuing to do this to himself on clay week after week because he thinks he needs the physical reps to get ready for that grass court season. I think at a certain age, everyone is forced to pick and choose their spots, right? Rafa's not going to play six months a year on a concrete surface. Roger, at the end of his career, wasn't going to play a full clay court season. And I think we are at that point in Andy Murray's career. I understand he probably thinks he has you know, a limited amount of reps, looks at the basket, wants to play the French Open one more time. Uh, if I'm in Andy Murray's camp, I'm saying, hey, listen, if we're going to play the clay, let, let's be realistic here. The clay is a tool to get us ready for the grass. If, if you are going to make the last four, the last eight of a Grand Slam uh, again in your career, uh, the tail end of a slam, that's going to be done on a faster surface. And there's a clear-cut surface that he's better on than any other surface at this point in his career, and that is the grass. Yeah, Two-time champion at Wimbledon, but uh, with the two weeks, uh, now Andy Murray gets some time off before he heads to Rome, where he's won that tournament before as well. Big-time match that we talked about yesterday. Dominic team, Kyle Edmund, couple players, Riley, looking to return to that top form, and team is making strides. No doubt. He's getting closer and closer each week. You can kind of feel it's coming at any minute here. Kyle Edmund had a really rough surgery. with, You know, he had a knee injury. He was almost top 10 in the world, if not top 10 in the world, not too long ago. So both these guys, part of the same generation, part of the same year, they've been playing against each other since they were probably 12 years old. To see them both sidelined at such an early stage of their career is kind of a little bit sad, um, but they're on their way back team is clearly the favorite on on clay based on the history of their career so far Kyle Edmund has one of the best had one of the best forehands in the world at one time as did Dominic team so there is some similarities to their style but teams just clearly much more comfortable on the clay and then the, the classic uh, back in inside out down the line winner from team we've seen that so many times his forehands slight Slightly, you know, doesn't have the same RPMs it normally had, but he's getting his way back into form. I'd love to see him upset some people in Roland Garros. Get Stefano Tsitsipas next, caught up with Prakash after. It's not easy to get out there on the altitude. First match here on the clay, a bit of a slippery clay over here. How did you feel? Yeah, it was good. I felt good. Um, it's exactly how you said. Um, I was a little bit nervous, a little bit tight in the beginning, but... Uh, 
throughout the match got better and better and also like the memories um, which I'm having on this court of many big matches, many big occasions uh, helped me to release. To the women's side we go. Maria Sakri opening up against Aronska Roos, Riley. The Greek star looking to improve to 5-0 against that Dutch qualifier. Maria is one of those players that is just absolutely relentless. She's got an unbelievable forehand. She's a great clay court player as well. Look at that great kick serve out wide there. That's one of the most classic clay court plays. Kick wide, forehand open court. We've seen it so many times. I mean, there's almost no more court left there, and that's just... Uh, Kind of the, the difficulty that you face when you play Maria. She really can spread the court. She had a little bit of a dispute here with the chair umpire over a mark here. I think the one of the issues when you're dealing with Clay, the mark situation is a bit dicey. When they clean the line, you can never tell exactly where it bounced. And that's why I love Hawkeye on these courts, in these tournaments. There she goes, big forehand, classic Sakari play. I love the play of going big down the middle when you have your opponent kind of looking to jump to either side. And Maria closes it out, clearly showing some passion there. There must be something else going on. Obviously the ref got underneath her skin a little bit and she went straight to the bag. No handshake there. Uh, one more win for Sakari, potential fourth round against Coco Golf, the American. Taking on a Spanish qualifier Thursday, Andy, and she would have to come back from an early break in the first. Yeah, you're not worried about Coco Golf repeating. That backing up the line felt a little bit forced, but I actually like the service for Coco. It gives her a little bit more time uh, on the forehand side, and she's able to still hit her backhand through the court. Uh, the surface, the air kind of helps the ball get up and away so she can kind of hit those those roller forehands and create a little bit more space than she can uh, on maybe something that's a, a little bit slicker. But credit to Coco for really competing, coming back, uh, pacing herself to get back on the right track. Uh, in that first set, and then kind of ran away with the second set. Really found her groove, was pretty good depth, switching directions with that back inside. That's super important for her because switching directions is a way that you create the pattern that you want consistently. Uh, Coco looked good after that kind of early, uh, early fumble there in the first set. Won 10 of the last 11 games, finished with 16 winners, four aces, and now some face time with Prakash. How challenging was it going into a match where you probably didn't know too much about your opponent? Um, it was pretty challenging. Um, there's not much stats on her. <laughs> um, and I, my, my team watched her play yesterday, so that's where uh, they got most of the information from. But I feel like tennis, a lot of it, you can have a plan before, but a lot of it, especially first time playing someone, you have to feel it out. And that's what I was doing today. At, at the end of the highlight, uh, the image of Jameer Jenkins, new addition to Team Coco, former NCAA champion, longtime hitting partner of Serena Williams. There he is right there in the box next to Papa Corey, Patrick Muradoglu there as well. Uh, Riley, well, what, what do you think of this addition to Team Coco Golf? I've known Jameer for 10 years now. I've, I've always loved the guy. First of all, he's hilarious. He's so fun to be around. And things like that are so important when you're on the road with someone for 30-plus weeks, things get old, you know. You see the same faces. It's so important to have someone that gives you a nice perspective of life and someone that you're just excited to be around. That, that alone goes such a long way in, in coaching. And, and Jameer also happens to be an unbelievable tennis player, and he's still young in great shape. So I would imagine he's a great sparring partner for her as well. He's kind of the whole package deal in one person. Andy, what, uh, what do you think he brings to Team Coco? 
I'm just amazed that Patrick Martoglu has enough time to get to all these boxes. I feel like every other match I watch, he's in someone's box doing something. Uh, you know, listen, Jameer is, 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 has a proven track record at this point. Um, the thing for Coco is her strengths are so obvious and her weaknesses are, 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 are also that obvious. So maybe just a new boy saying the same thing a, a bit of a different way, uh, get a little bit of a, a jump start to the clay court season. But she looked real good today. Plays Paula Bedosa next. Uh, the, the Jenkins brothers, both doing great work. Jermaine works with the USTA, was with Coco, Billie Jean King Cup in Delray Beach. And now Jameer, part of Team Golf as they look to advance in Madrid. A lot more still to get to here on TC Live. we got Chanda's fan duel pick of the day. Plus, Seb Corda is back, and so is his backhand. But is it the best? Our experts give their two cents on the top two-handers in Spain. Witness history at Roland Garros, where old rivalries meet new talent on the clay battleground. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled access as the world's top players in tennis face off to see if the veterans maintain their dominance or if a fresh face rises to challenge them. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Andy Riley and Steve back on TC Live. Mark your calendars for the year's next major. Love hearing that music. Tennis Channel will once again have exclusive daily live coverage of Roland Garros. Don't miss any of the action from the Red Clay in Paris. It all begins Sunday, May 28th. Just about one month away. Well, time for our FanDuel match preview. Let's get you caught up on what happened yesterday. Chanda picked Carolina Muhova over Arena Camilia Begu. Riley said, no, I'm going with the Romanian. Riley, you were right. That was a good call. I mean, was, <laughs> I, you know, Chanda's been spot on is what it looks like, and I guess uh, she was off on that one. I, it was a 50-50. It was a close call. I just wanted to contradict her a little bit. <laughs> Still up about 10 Chanda bucks here is uh, is Miss Rubin. So let's see what Chanda's got for Friday. She's got Jeannie Bouchard taking out Martina Trevisan. And uh, look at these odds. It's dead even. Trevisan's ranked 20 in the world, Andy. Jeannie uh, just won three straight matches for the first time in a long time. This doesn't take anything away from uh, Jeannie going through qualities and getting that quality first-round win. But you give me someone who is currently 20 in the world and has... Uh, kind of a history of success on this surface of this Roland Garros semifinalist. Uh, it's, she's making it pretty easy for me to just take the Riley Opoca playbook of just being a little contradictory and taking the other side of this one, Steve. <laughs> uh, maybe it's because of, of the Twitter game of Bouchard. Did you see this, Riley? Gina, Jeannie on, on Twitter said after her win against Yastrzemska, quote, there's something about playing dopers in Madrid. What do you think of that? Oh, that's an interesting quote. Uh... That's something that I guess I didn't expect. I mean, geez, that was, it's interesting to talk. It's not easy to talk when you're outside of the top 200, but hey, big win. Jeannie's throwing shade. I'm here for all of that. A reminder, FanDuel giving all new users 10 times your first bet in bonus bets up to $200, win or lose. Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app now and start making every moment more. We will see what happens tomorrow with those picks. 2021 Madrid champ Arena Sabalenka back in the magic box looking to make her opponent disappear. Revenge served up in Spain next.
gorgeous scenes in Madrid. Roddick, Opelka, Weissman back with you on TC Live. And how about the 2021 Madrid champion, Arena Sabalenka, looking for some revenge today. A rematch with Serana Kirstea, who beat her in Miami a month ago, Riley. Yeah, I mean, this match was just powerhouse from the very first point. She was just dominating. She is one of the best ball strikers, if not the best ball striker on the tour right now. And it will, I was so impressed with was she never, it never looked like she was taking risk out there. She hits such big margins in the court and she just lets the, her power speak for itself. She never threads the needle. Everything seems so repeatable. And she's the second best player in the world and closing in closely with Schwantek. So um, no surprise, I guess, from the second best player in the world, but I can't believe how much she's Improved even her second serve in such a short period of time. Lots of respect to Sabalenka. 24th win this year. That leads the tour. Didn't reach that total until Cincinnati last year. Well, the upset of the day comes from 15-year-old Mira Andreeva, making a name for herself in Madrid. Takes out 13th-ranked Beatrice Haddad Maya Thursday. That's after beating Leila Fernandez to become the third youngest player to win a main draw match at a 1,000-level event. She has now won 15 straight matches, dating back to a couple of ITF titles. But wait, there's more. Andreeva has now become the seventh player under 16 to defeat a top 20 opponent since 2000. This is the list that she joins. The NFL draft is today. I am taking her in the first round of future tennis stars. All right, let's see what's trending on social media. American Seb Corda returning to action on Friday in Madrid. That's three months after suffering that right wrist injury at the Australian Open in the quarterfinals against Corinne Hatchinoff. 22-year-old, ranked 28 in the world. Says he added Jez Green to his team. He is healthy, he is fit, and he is ready to go in Madrid. And that leads us to this tweet from a fan in Argentina who said, Corda has the best two-handed backhand on tour. We translate it for you. Sebastian Corda, best two-hander on tour. Riley, I'm going to start with you. In Madrid this week, who's got the best two-handed backhand? Is it Seb Corda? Is it somebody else? It's a close call. Zverev comes to mind. It's almost a, a left-handed forehand. It's such a big swing, and it's a pure strike. Uh, the other one that kind of comes to mind now is Holger Rune. With the drop shot being so relevant, Zverev doesn't have the same ability as Holger does. So those two are the, the first ones that come to mind. I'd say Zverev is probably the most pure on the, on the backhand side right now. That's in Madrid. All right, what, what do you think? It's just in Madrid, so we're not talking about Novak Djokovic. Why do we never talk about Daniil Medvedev at, as, like, best at anything ever? Like, why did we never talk about him not missing a backhand for, like, sets at a time? and being able to return from deep in the court, being able to keep it low. It's a repeatable motion. It never goes off. He can stay in a... He, he won the U.S. Open a couple years ago, winning cross-court backhand rallies with Novak Djokovic. But yet, he, he is never, ever the first name off of our lips with any conversation. Uh, special mention to, I think, Francis Tiapo's variety on his back and his ability to incorporate the kind of uh, hit and charge uh, off that. And, oh, by the way, Andy Murray had a pretty good... Uh, Two handed backhand back in the day. Maybe the best slice on tour uh, with no apologies to, to one handed backhands. Uh, so uh, plenty to choose from, but uh, you know, great, listen, you can't go wrong with any of those names. You certainly can't. Why don't you, to answer Andy's question, why don't we talk about Medvedev and the best of whatever it is? 
That's true. I mean, Andy brings up such a great point. I guess being in Madrid and you see the red, the red clay underneath him, his name just doesn't really come to mind. But on a hard court, Andy, I mean, I guess even on clay, Andy is spot on. He does have one of the best backhands in the world, definitely on the open stance front of it. It's insane. You can't ever really hurt him in that corner, and he hits it so flat. It's like a bunt, so you can't ever really be offensive. He forces you to lift. You have to play with so much topspin every time. So it feels like I'm lifting up on every ball, and he's hitting down on every ball, and I get tired. It's just a miserable feeling. <laughs> it's a miserable feeling. <laughs> uh, Seb Court is right up there, by the way. A a best two-handed golf swing has got to be his sister, Nellie, back up to number one in the world. Congratulations to all the quarters doing big things. All right, here is our schedule on Tennis Channel for Friday. Coverage starts 5 a.m. Eastern. Valley Sports T2 got you covered at 8 a.m. Eastern. We are back on TC Live following all the action and encore coverage all night long. Stay tuned. More after this. Welcome back. Time for our hot shot of the day, Andy. Mackie McDonald, Zapata, Morales. Check out the movement from the American. Would you like to see some athleticism today, Weissman? Look at the court coverage there from Mackie McDonald. Uh, I, I mean, often, look this first step. He is in full sprint in about a quarter of a second and still has to, oh, by the way, play a shot up the line. Too bad he didn't get the result that he wanted. Uh, that was some serious hustle. But, Riley, you beat him in a 40-yard dash. Yeah, I take Mackie out in a 40 all day. All right. <laughs> no, no, no. Not even close, Andy. <laughs> no. <laughs> Big schedule on Friday. We've got Stan Vavrinka against Andre Rublev. Azarenka in action. <laughs> Carlos Alcaraz can get back to world number one if he wins the title in Madrid. Iga Sviantek is already there. How about the matches at night? Runa and Zverev there. Let's head back to the Magic Box for a preview with Danny and Prakash. All right, so you're back at our FanDuel desk. P, a fourth meeting between Andre Rublev, Stan the Man, Vavrinka. What should we expect? Well, the good news for Stan is he came in playing some inspired tennis in his opening round here, the third set. He was really clutch in the big moments against Cressy. But on current form, you, you really got to go with Rublev. Look, he was exceptional in Monte Carlo. Back that up with another final. I think Stan's best shot is going to be to use the altitude, perhaps take a few more balls up the line, get Rublev off balance, make the point shorter. But it's going to be a big uphill task. Grab your popcorn. That one's going to be electric. We're going to have fantastic Friday action here in Madrid. All right, thanks so much. Looking forward to all the interviews tomorrow as well. And uh, let's break down some of these matchups, starting with Carlitos Alcaraz, Emil Rusevori. Andy, what will be most important in this match? Well, Rusevori is not going to want to get into a bunch of neutral rallies. Uh, he, he's, he's not going to want to give Alcaraz the chance to extend the court. Uh, one of the biggest improvements in, in, in Carlos's game this year is his back end was really good last year, and he's just missing it a lot less. You know, when the errors came in bunches, he would dump a couple back ends. This year, it feels like a center of gravity is, is a little bit more shrunken. You, you don't see those random misses. So I don't know how to, how to deal with it. You can't go through him. You can't go around him. He's going to get that little uptick and jump off of this court, which is on top of how much he normally gets. So Rizavori is going to have to try to hit big second serves. He's going to have to take, you know, uh, big swings on any ball that he has uh, two feet under. He's going to get rushed by Carlitos, though. Yeah, Andy, you're spot on. He really does have to play out of his comfort zone the entire match. Two first serves, go for not absolute broke, but you really got to walk the line pretty fine there and, and really look to thread the needle when you can and play as high risk as you possibly can without getting too out of control because if he plays within himself at his normal level, 
he really doesn't have a, a great chance, let's say. So be open to really taking risks on, on everything, especially second serve returns, all the easy things you can kind of check off he should go for. All right, how about Holger Runa taking on Alexander Bublik. Andy, uh, Runa coming off the title in Munich. He made the final in Monte Carlo. What has stood out to you most about this run on the red clay for Holger Runa? His physicality is, is really impressive. He almost looks like a halfback with the way he moves uh, around the court. Can go big off both sides, can mix it in uh, with the drop shots. Serve has gotten a lot better. Um, you look at the serving metrics from uh, a couple of years ago to now, his average serve, first serve goes four or five miles an hour faster, which is a, a huge increase. Um, listen, Bublik plays a little bit like a heart rate monitor, right? There's peaks and there's valleys. Uh, is he going to be able to maintain enough level? I feel like Bruna is going to get those games where Bublik makes a couple errors on his own serve. He's going to be able to take care of uh, his. So uh, I like Bruna going away in this one. I agree. I think Bruna is just an absolute nightmare for, for most guys, but especially a server kind of like Bublik. He's also, you know, Bublik presents a lot of problems for guys that don't have great intangibles, and they're not so handy, let's say, because he always finds his way in these cat-and-mouse drop shot points. Holger, on the other hand, lives for those as well. He can track down every ball. He's super handy up there. He's super creative with the racket, let's say. I don't like the matchup at all for Bublik. And, and like Andy said, the first serve improvement for Holger is extremely uh, threatening. It's dangerous. It just shows that he still has so much more room to improve in other areas. Mm -hmm. He's top ten in the world, which is a scary <laughs> thought for someone like me that's going to have to be on the other side of the net of him pretty soon. So uh, Holger's definitely one of the best players in the world, and this matchup, I think, is a tough one for Bublik. 40-yard dash, you Holger, who takes that? <laughs> Holger. Okay. All right. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Holger and, and Carlitos. Holger and Carlitos. <laughs> Most definitely beat me in a 40-yard. Okay. Those, those are the fast guys. We got a funny shot to send you off with. This is this is what's Riley Opelka after TC Live yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Take the shirt off. <laughs> it's, been a, it's been a good day. Thanks so much for joining us on TC Live. The action from Madrid continues next.